Steve Toniolo. Steve Perfect. Toniolo, welcome to the Pizzeria Enzo Show. Hey, Enzo, how you doing? <laughs> with Doug, the food guy, Smith here the with foodie, us. The foodie, the so food guy. Be, so today, he will be Pizzeria. Hey, hey he'll be yeah. Enzo. <laughs> and I'll be Enzo. All right, today. great. Sounds like a plan. That's good. We're sitting in Florence, South Carolina, in your restaurant, Stefano's. That's it. So it says a taste of Italy. You know it. Of course, we grew up. We're Italian, 100%. Very good. So I First see generation. That is a, so My parents were born there. Anna and I were born here, so we're first generation Italian, so we, we grew up in it. Very neat, very neat. So, we're, we're, so my dad moved here from Italy? Yes. My parents moved here, my mother, I think in 1956, my dad in about 1958, and they actually met here. Oh, that's just wow. You know, did they, and, where, where, where did they move in the state? Pennsylvania. Okay. Reading, which is uh, 35 miles outside of Philly. Gotcha. And uh, it's a cool little story. Um, my dad came here and didn't speak any English. So there was a lady that knew his family, and she worked at this. They used to make pantyhose, and it's called Berkshire. They made a lot of women work there back in the 60s. Okay. And um, he, the lady said to, to my uh my aunt, my mom's sister, at work. Hey, there's this Italian guy. He, you know, he doesn't speak any English. And you know, I, I know your sister doesn't isn't seeing anybody. You know what do you? So, so long story short, my dad went, knocked on the door at my grandmother's house, and introduced himself. Okay, and so I always tell I always tell the story that. I always say to him, I used to say to him back in the day, I said, yeah, mom felt bad for you because you didn't have any friends, oh, so she God. started dating you. <laughs> so that's, that's what it was, and, uh, and the rest is history, you know, and, uh, you know, he's a baker by trade, okay, so he learned, he learned in uh, an apprenticeship in Italy back in, I think he started actually in 1949, he started working as a 15-year-old in a bakery. And back then, you didn't work for for a salary or anything. You worked to learn the trade. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, they might give you uh, a box of cookies or bread or something to take home. So that's how he learned his trade. And then he came here and he started working in the bakery and ended up getting his own business, his own bakery. And that's how I met my wife, actually. Okay, you know, so. we uh, we met in a bakery. She worked. I was, I used to help my dad run the bakery, yeah. work it. You know, I was 18, 17, 18. I gotcha. You know, my wife started working as a sales clerk at the counter, and that's how we started. We started talking and we started dating, and high school sweethearts since we're married will be uh, 38 years. Now, Anna yeah. said you didn't have any friends, and she felt sorry for you. Is that true? <laughs> I think it's a threat. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I w that was the best move I ever made in my life. I was like asking her to do this. You know, it's so, funny yeah. you, we're talking about that, but uh, Ozzy, your father, who I've obviously known for years, too, being around here, but, you know, he made some of the best bread. And yeah. I can remember yeah. just coming and the dough on the pizza and – the bread at the table oh, yeah. was so oh, good, yeah. and 
you yeah. know, uh, we all used to uh, have our kids in school and used to donate food uh, to the school for, for different things. Mm-hmm. And you always tell about how important the bread it was to the meal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. Um, in, a, in an Italian family, the meeting is at the dinner table. Okay, you meet. We always had dinner together. We waited for my father to come home from work. Even if we were starving to death, we we had to wait for him. And that's where the conversation of the day went. That's how um, that's how uh, we knew what was going on in each other's lives and stuff. And and it was always. You said something about the bread, and that was a funny thing because my dad. If we had a loaf of bread on the table. Okay, and we would cut a piece and ended up turning it upside down by anything. He would, he would get upset about having the bread upside okay. down was because really it was it was Jesus breaking bread at the table, oh, okay. and that was yeah, that was uh, that was something for him because it it symbolized the Last Supper right. for him, and uh, with the that's bread being well, yeah, yeah. with the bread being upside down if. If me or my brother were to turn the bread upside down, he's turn that bread back around. That wow. was that was symbolizing, you know. It was more than just a piece of oh, bread. Exactly. It had meaning. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That was very so did, did you guys um, was that? Do you think that it was just because of uh, his upbringing? Right. You know, guy? and well, like see, his family, like grandmother, grandfather. Well, see, he grew up during. He grew up during the war. He was he was uh, nine years old during uh, World War Two. He's coming to the table. Hey, Pop. Hey. All right. So during you know during the war he you know he was it didn't have much food. Okay. It was you know if you had a piece if you had a loaf of bread and some olive oil. And maybe a piece of cheese. That was your meal, okay. And what was he was fortunate enough that he, his family, lived above the stairs of German German uh, headquarters, because where he's from, he's from near uh, the Riviera, near the Cinque Terre, which is a water, and there's a, a harbor there, okay. and the Germans. In the early part of the war, the Germans uh, occupied that area, and they had all their ships there. And his, he was, he was, he'd always tell me, "I'm, I was their little mascot. I would go down there, sweep the floor for them, take the trash out, do little errands, and they'd give me food to take upstairs to my family." So, so that's that. That was that story there. It was pretty, pretty cool. I mean, you know, to see that. He lived that history, you know, and, and went through all that, and that made him what he what he was and what he is today. And he, and in turn, he passed it on to us, you know, the value of uh, hard work, the value of family, you know, and don't don't do something halfway. Do it 100 percent. Worked out. Yeah. That is neat to know. I know that yeah. uh, your papa's sitting here with us right now, so that's uh, that's kind of a neat, yeah. that's a neat opportunity to hear that story and have him be here with us. Yeah.
Yeah, we have. An, I have another end. Of, another story of the story with my mother, which was, was another. She was from Sicily. Okay, what was mama's name? Carmela. Carmela. She passed away several years ago, but uh, her story was my grandfather was came over here like when he was two years old. Now you're talking about 1900, okay? I think my grandfather was born in 1902 or 03. So he ended up moving back to Italy and he spoke the language really well, okay? So he's had his little plumbing business going on and um, Patton left at North Africa and went across the water and landed in Sicily. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. That's when the U.S. was making their move up, and uh, he spoke the language. So he, Patton, came in with his uh, uh, lieutenants and colonel, whatever, and said, "I need a, I need a translator." Somebody said, "Hey, I know this guy over here. He's he speaks English just as good as you." So they got hooked up. My grandfather was one of Patton's translators, and he ended up getting Hershey bars, and we talked about Spam a minute right, ago. Right, Spam, yeah. He got the canned ham, and he used to bring all that food home to my mother's family. So the Germans were taking care of my dad's family, and the, the American soldiers were taking care of my mother's family during that critical time. So it was wow. cool. I mean, you know. So we have a we have a lot of, we have a good work ethic and uh, we you know I grew up in the food industry basically in the bakery and we uh, he had an opportunity to buy a bakery I mean to buy a restaurant and he said hey I got an opportunity to buy a restaurant do you guys interested you want to do it to so the guys who are the guys me and my brother brother okay brother is whose brother what's brother Greg Greg, Greg Tony yeah Greg Tony so we said yeah you know we. I didn't really, I didn't know anything about the restaurant industry, mm -hmm. and I knew about the bakery food. But we're food people, so, you know, we transitioned How into that. How hard could it be? Right. We transitioned <laughs> into that, and, it, you know, I managed was, that for a while. And what then, was the name of the first one? What was the name of the first restaurant? Andalise. Andalise. Right. And it was in Leesport, Pennsylvania. Okay, so we're back in Pennsylvania. Got right, it. right. We didn't move here till uh, the end of 1988. So we moved here, Anna and I. We just wanted our own fresh start. I got you. you. Know? Did Dad ever tell you? Did Dad ever tell you why Reading? 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 My, his mother lived there. Okay. So, so when he came over from the state, from Italy, you know, back then you had to have somebody sponsor you, I guess. You know, if you came into this country, and he ended up there, and that's where we, you know, and all my family's from there. Gotcha. So how close to the the, the Philly? connection is there how are you guys oh is that well, close to philadelphia oh yeah you? yeah we're about 35 about 40 minute drive from okay. philadelphia and you know i'm i'm philadelphia born and bred really i mean we lived in reading but philadelphia is i consider that just as home like reading is for me be a good time to mention you got the best philly steak around right here that's it that's <laughs> it it's, it's legit, it's uh, legit. You know, I, it's I, uh, one of our little sayings is the best Philly cheesesteak south of Philly. Mm -hmm. I 
That's right. So yeah, that we, was... <laughs> we were well south of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were well south of it. So, yeah, we, we came here, and, you know, back then we had to really educate the people here about food and about the Italian food. You know, they... They didn't, they, you know, they thought spaghetti was uh, prego in, the, in a jar or chef guaranteed ravioli, you know. So, Delicious. you know, you, you <laughs> so, yeah, well, coming from a guy named Enzo, I don't know if he's, I mean. <laughs> he's making it up. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you got to eat something, right? Yeah, you got to eat something. Well, anyway, yeah, and we, and it was a process, you know, and uh, we started with one little space. You know, it's just so did you guys come to Florence first? Yeah. Okay, so My, did you pick Florence because of the Italy thing? Or no, just no. Just because 95, you got off here from the big Well, Anna's sister lives here in King Street. Gotcha. Okay, and um, she was a beautician, and back there in the 70s, her husband at that time was in the Air Force, so she moved to Myrtle Beach. Gotcha. And they got divorced and blah, 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 and... Um, she ended up marrying a guy in King Street. So we used to come down and visit. And I said, you know, when we decided to make that move, because in Reading, where we're from, there's so many pizza places, so many Italian places. You know, we'd just be one of a thousand. Okay, so we wanted to be something unique, something to bring and say people talk about, you know. And uh, so I told, told Anna, my wife, I said, we got to move. But we're not moving to King Street. <laughs> Good choice. Was Anna, in, was Anna in the restaurant business with you guys in, in Reading? Or? Well, she, yeah, kind of. But then we started having a family, and so she was working part-time in the, in the restaurant you. industry. You know, we had two little kids. and But then when we moved down here, yeah, all the recipes are all traditional family brought down from my mother, her mother, my grandmother. You know, we when I was growing up, our we on a Sunday would go to my grandmother's house. My mother and her two sisters, they would cook, and then they my grandmother would put a big pot of spaghetti sauce on the stove, and then we'd all go to church. And and while that sauce is simmering and all that, come back and have a big it was a celebration every Sunday. My uncles would be there, my aunts, you know, it was, it was like maybe 20 people at least every Sunday, because it's a celebration, you know, food brings people together, you know, so. It does, what brought, you know, following that same thread, it brought us, it brings, it does bring people together, even in the eating and the, mm. and the serving, so how did, how did, how did Jimmy Doug, how did you guys catch up? I know that's a little businessy, but, because I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't want to forget. Miss Anna and you coming down here to get a fresh start. Right. I think it was what we worked for. Um, worked for a major broadline distributor and was uh, right. calling on you, selling you some groceries. And uh, I have to tell you, this is a great time for a funny story. I have a few kids, as you know. Uh, my oldest son, on, I'd call on Steve on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I'd pick him up from school and I'd drive over here, talk to Steve, you know, collect for last week and start this week's order and then this goes on for several years little did I know that my son who knew exactly what I did knew who I worked for told all of his friends I'd work for Stefano's that's all he knew my dad works yeah. at Stefano's yeah. <laughs> 
connections. Right, right. And he was well behaved. He'd come in, sit at the, sit on the bench there, and wait for his dad to finish his business. And if he was good, I'd throw him a slice every once in a while. Here you go, kid. True story. And a Dr. Pepper. So, okay, so he was so were you guys, had you guys expanded onto this side yet? or was it Yeah, we, I think we had, I don't know, we Go just ahead. had this one space. Just had this one space. Now, when I first started coming in here, it was just one space, and I think it was like maybe even a, uh, only two chairs in the front. Mm. But, uh, well, but we had maybe, before we, we had, see, our thing was we wanted to come down here and be the local pizzeria slash sandwich shop, okay? And... Um, it ended up being more because the people here wanted more. Mm-hmm. We had a good product, you know, everything was homemade, and the people wanted a special place to go to to celebrate with their families and all that, and that's what happened. So, you know, my wife always says, yeah, I, was, I thought I was going to come down here and, and uh, hang out at the beach and be a beach bum, but <laughs> this place, this place, Put us to work, and we're still, you know, still working. So is this the same place? Is this your first one and original one? This right. Would be either this the original or was the first coming in. So what is this area called? What are the area we're in? South Florence area, South which Florence, would South be, Florence. yeah. So where, what are the roads? Are there, we got 52 right here. Okay. 52, and then um, go up a little further, there's uh, Second Loop Road, Pamplico Highway. Okay, so it. this is, we're maybe 20 minutes from Lake City. And believe me, when they started here, this was the nothing country. There was nothing, nothing here. So the town has just continued to grow out this direction. So why'd, you, why'd you pick a place out Well, my, my sister-in-law lived here, okay? So Anna calls her sister and says, hey, uh, we're, just, we're thinking of coming, moving down here. Um, can you find us a spot maybe for, to put a little place, a little pizza place there and shop? So, she she came to Florence and before she got into Florence, because like Doug said, there was nothing out here, yeah. man. You know, it was this shopping center they were building. We we moved in. We came here and signed a lease when they still had dirt in the parking lot. They didn't have it paved. Nice. Okay, so like that. Yeah. you know when we first moved, when we came down to look at the location, I was like, oh my god, and I don't know about this. There's nothing out here. Your sister hooked us up with this guy, you know, and uh, so. So this is 80, 80, 88? 88. 88. We moved down here at the end of 88. Yeah. End of the road. (laughs) It was the end of the road, for real. But cheap rent. (laughs) Yeah, it was cheap rent. And, you know, you know, we, I did everything. I put the, painted the walls, put the, laid the tile, did, you know, it was one of these things that, hey, I had to get it done because I didn't have the, the capital to say, hey, I'm going to get a contract and do it all. I did it, mostly. You and know, and my brother-in-law helped. So you know. stuff needed to get done. You had to be a doer by force. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That was you know, kind of one of the original themes <laughs> right. that we, you know, that, you know, yeah, tried to Yeah, do. you know, I had to. Because, you know, I had a house up in Pennsylvania. And it, it, it seemed like it, this was a God thing, you know, because I put, we called my, my, her sister up from up there had a friend that was, uh, she's cut hair and she was a realtor. Okay. So and I said to Anna, I said, call Margo and let's list the house. She listed the house Friday 
had a buyer in there, sat, sat an older man, look Saturday, contract on it Monday. Wow. Three days. So, you know, it's like this was our destiny to be here, you know, to, to do what we do. And, you know, we, and now we started doing a little bit at a time, a little bit of time. So then, you know, we've, along the way, we've, we're very active in the community. We're very active with charities. We have mentored, we have mentored uh, people that work for me that have had drug problems, alcohol problems, ended up, you know. So it's put you in a position just following that thread of yeah. life, kind of that song line, right, right. to be able to help people in addition. Yeah, yeah. It is funny it's that uh, I see a thread where people feel like they have to have their needs met first before they can help other people. Did you find that to be true, or were you still still just, working on yourself? I was just trying. Doing? We were just trying to survive, man. Okay, because wow. we came down here with. Like I said, I sold my house, and I'm like at the poker table, and I put all my chips in. I was in. I had nothing else. Dumped my money in here, so we had to make it work. We weren't. We weren't like uh, okay. Well, if it don't work, hell, I go back up there, or if it, now I go, you know. I did. First of all, I wanted to make. I didn't want to go back to my father and say be a failure and say, Dad, it didn't work out. Can I come back and work with the family restaurant? No, I I was determined to make this thing That's work, man. Mm-hmm. It made it work. You know, there's, there's, this, our story is like crazy, man. It is I cool. mean, Do you think that you could have still made it work if you didn't go all in? I know that's a, a tough one, but but it's but I, I I'm finding that theme in so many people that are strong mm. mentally and strong physically. No, we but we you know we had you know one thing you know Anna and our marriage our bond is real strong, and it wasn't there was no way that we weren't going to make it work because we we were the dishwasher guy took out the trash I mopped the I did it all. Okay. And Anna was back there working, and I was up front making pizzas. And you know, at first we it was just me and her, man. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any help. We worked here seven days a week. In the morning, I dropped the kids off to daycare, drive a bunch of menus, and run up and down 52, dropping menus to let people know who we were. <laughs> you know, you mentioned yeah. something earlier about educating people. Yeah. Uh, just as everybody at the table knows, I'm a little bit of a food historian. There's a mm-hmm. major, big, huge pizza restaurant that's nationwide. And when they first got started, they were uh, like, nobody knows what this is. We'll make it what mm-hmm. we want it to be. And everybody will just think this is what pizza is. Well, yeah. they were very successful everywhere except for the East Coast because people knew what pizza was. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Well, see, the... Uh, the, the Italian, the Italians, when they Italians when they came over, migrated to they came over in New York, Ellis Island, and they migrated. They were there. New York trickled down to New Jersey, Pennsylvania. That's about where they were. Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Vermont. They didn't. They didn't come south in Mason Dixon Line. Are you kidding me? Heck no. There's no pizza down there. My, 
my family, my cousins and my family told me that I was crazy. Steve, do you know where you're going? You're going to South Carolina. Are you crazy? You have two little kids to think about, and you're moving down there. They were like, you know, because we, you know, we didn't know what was going on down here. You know, we only see what you see on TV, you know, the Beverly Hillbillies, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, <laughs> they got to eat, too. <laughs> that's right. That's right, you know. So that's what it was, man. I mean, it's crazy. That is crazy. Really, really, do you want to? What a story. Uh, we're already just, this is, uh, we're already at 30 minutes. So, and I'm not talking, but do you want to take a, like a break? Do you need to talk brand or anything? Or you have a, well, I can, I, no, I mean, I can, I'd like to just check on them and see. Okay, maybe. yeah, so. You want, you want, some, you guys want some lunch or something? I'll buy y'all lunch, get you some, uh. I'm educate you on some Italian food, Enzo. Eat. With an Enzo name, though. With an name, you know? exactly. Enzo. <laughs> well, I am not Enzo I'm going to put my, my life in your hands, Steve. Whatever you yeah. think I'm going to enjoy, uh, we'll I'd love to have dinner it. style. There you go. All right, so, all right, so we're going to take a quick pause, and we'll be back with a full belly. Yeah. 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 Say hello to the speaker. Say, what's your name? Ozzy. Ozzy. Where were you born, Ozzy? In Italy. Italy. What year? You remember the year? 35. 1935. That's right. That's the little German mascot. It's crazy. Show them, show them your finger. The finger that you got cut off. Where is it? Oh, right wow. here. You know that story right there? I do not. Hit. Back during that time, there was money was hard to come by. Right. Him and his friends would go to the ocean, get water, and uh, cook it down to get the salt. Okay. So they would bring the salt to their homes, or they would sell it to the ladies that were cooking and stuff, the salt. So there was a, a block where they would cut the wood for the fire, and they would how old were you? Nine, ten years? Nine years old when you got your finger cut. Nine. His butt, they were clowning around, our boys clowning around, and one pushed him and he put his hand back where the log was that they were chopping, and the guy, one of the other kids was chopping the wood and cut his finger off. So he got it, <laughs> he got the finger and he got mad and he threw it into the ocean. So he was bleeding and all, and they went to the German officers, and there was a German surgeon there, okay? And he said to my, he said to my uh, grandmother or some, I don't know who it was, where's the, other thing, where's the other part of the finger? I can try and put it to, back together. And he told me, since I threw it away, <laughs> so that he was a German surgeon during the war, sewed him back together and fixed that finger for him. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That would qualify. <laughs> that's, I think that would be... That's crazy. They were like putting it into a box. Yeah. That that's crazy, yeah. That's, that was uh, probably good timing, too, just to get the... Yeah, yeah. That was crazy. I think they, my dad said he called him Doomkopf. Do you know what Doomkopf means? Dummy. Oh. In German, it's dummy. Because oh. he, he brought over there, the, German, the <laughs> surgeon said... 
where's the figure? You know, they told me through the way. He, the German officer looked at my dad and said, you dumb cough. You <laughs> dumb. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know, right? What you want to drink, water or tea? Water. Or you know, when we, uh, when we came down here and I was, you know, like I told you earlier, I was all in. I didn't have any money left, man. I was just living day by day. I would write a check on Friday, and I know I know by Monday I'd have the money in the bank to pay that to cover that check. That's where I was. Okay, you know it was desperate times, you know, and uh, but we kept plugging, man. We kept we kept digging, you know. We kept digging until we found that in that that little uh, vein of gold or whatever you want to call it but you know but it took you know for eight months it was just me and Anna you know and we uh, and you know what if I look back I don't don't know if I would do it again because of this like you said the strain of our you know mentally physically the strain on our marriage the strain for on our children you know, because it affected the whole, the whole family unit. You know, you know, because it was you know, tough, man. They, nobody knew us. You know, now today you can go across across town at fifty two in the hotel and say, "Hey, where do I go get a good Italian?" Sopranos. How many employees do you have now, Steve? Total in yeah. all of all three restaurants. In total group. Sixty, maybe. So you got two other places. What are the names of those places? Chibo. Chibo, Chibo by Stefano's, which means food. Chibo. It's Chibo in Italian is food, uh, you know, different types of food, variety of foods. And um, Pizza Mio, which Pizza Mio in Italian is my pizza. So it's made like a, it's set up like a mod pizza or a blaze. So when you go into a mod, you get the pizza your way. So that's why we called it Pizza Mio, my pizza. So it's made your way. Whatever you want in it, you can put on it, you know. Which, are, you have, is, which one of those ones is the one with the, the cool oven you got from? From Italy, from, from Italy. Verona, yeah, that was Pizza Mio. Okay, so Pizza Mio, that's the one where, so. That was 4,200 pounds came here, shipped here on a, on a boat, I guess. Was it already like, assembled? Or no, no. They, they sent two guys from Connecticut down here for two days to put it together for us. I think that's actually how we met. Wasn't it the first time we met? Because you found out when you fired the ovens up that it takes it takes a uh, right. period of time for the ovens to get the temperature. Yeah, because we had a meeting exactly. set and then we had to postpone the meeting because the ovens weren't hot meeting. enough. I think it was a cheese meeting. That's right. That's right. That's right. It was. Okay. Because then you had okay. to, to realize how the, um, how the... Um, here you go, Tom. Oh, thank you. Let me get some silver. That with this beautiful bread is going to be great. That is a. Um... Can I get three silver? You get a picture? Yeah, we're. I mean, we're. Yeah, you get, a, yeah, get another. Good, cause you can hear him hollering. Yeah, here. Yeah. If you want to save some of mine for, if you want to save some of mine for Miss Jackie, I don't mind. Yeah. Here you go. There's another. There's your picture. Doug the hand model. That's right. 
So we have here, we'll do like a little description here. So what do you, what, do, what is this we've got here, Doug? Let's get Steve to explain it because it, it looks delicious. It's just like a cheese-filled tortellini with a homemade Alfredo sauce with some chicken. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. You want to tell us what we're having for lunch here, Steve? We were just trying to uh, pick it apart ourselves, but you probably know it very well. Okay, this is uh, our one of our most popular dishes that we came up, my wife came up with it. It's uh, tortellini, which is a round pasta that has uh, cheese in it, ricotta cheese, Parmesan cheese. And then we saute chicken, caramelized onions, sweet peas, sauteed that together, and then we add our homemade Alfredo, which we sell so much, we make so much Alfredo. Hey there, how you Come doing? Over. Yeah. You can move, pull a chair right up. Chair right up. Give me your yeah. computer and I'll move it. You can sit right there at the end, there you go. My, my lovely wife just joined us. Hey, how you doing? Steve's telling us about lunch. So yeah, so we we started making that, and um, people just like were going crazy over it. So that's one of our main catering dishes. Chicken tortellini and lasagna are two, you know. And you know, one thing about Stefano's is. Nothing is pre-made on a steam table, okay? Every dish, whether it's chicken tortellini or um, shrimp and scallop alfredo, sautéed fresh right there. We have a steam table, but we just keep our sauces on there. There's no, there's no pre-made food. You taste that, you know it's made right when you order. Jackie was so enamored by your description, she's you asked if she could have some? one. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get you one. Hold on. Dad, my dad used to make all the bread for us. He would come in here at 4 o'clock in the morning and he'd be done by 11 because we had to have him finished by 11 because of doing business hours we needed we needed the room and we needed the product done and mm -hmm. so he would do that and then as he got older it got a little more difficult for him so he you know I guess it's been about well heck he was doing it probably when he was about 78 years old he was still doing the bread <laughs> you know but then he um, we got one of my guys that it's uh, been with me for 15 years. He comes in here in the mornings now, and he's taking over the oh, very cool. the homemade bread yeah, for the table. For the table. Now our sandwiches, we buy the bread for yeah. our sandwiches because we we go through so so much that he couldn't keep up. But the table bread's all made here. Yeah, one of the things about restaurants that I'd love for is, is the connection to the amount of food you can put out in the production space of your kitchen. Oh yeah, we you know we have a tight kitchen, yeah. you know, and on a Friday night we have uh, six people work back there, just in the kitchen, just they on do. that line. Look at that! Look how quick he is, man. You're the man, Jaden. Thank you. Can I get a fork? So yeah, we uh, we put out some food, man. Gotcha. You know. So the table we're sitting at is kind of almost.
almost like your family. This is our family table. Mm -hmm. My this my this is our family table. This is uh this is my office. <laughs> I have an office back there, but in the restaurant industry, the last thing that you think about when you're setting a restaurant up is the office. Oh, is that why all of them That's are so small or cramped? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, if I mean, I have I, I have a desk in there and have my computer system, filing cabinet, but if if I was going to say, hey, Tom, come into the office and check check out this on my computer, because yeah. it would be, be kind of tight. We'd be really buddies here. I mean, we'd be <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the that's the thing, you know. In most restaurants, when you plan, you know, because space is so costly. You know, if you're if you plan a big office, you're going to take away a couple mm -hmm. tables, and that's just where you make your money in the dining room on the with the tables. So, <laughs> you know, bath it's about the size of a bathroom in there. So, on a on a personal note, this um, uh, reminds me that the way that you're set up here is uh, we are not. It doesn't matter, about, but we are not from Italy. My family has no at all. Mm -hmm. But this. Amazing! It looks like my mom had a dish that she made. She uh -huh. it chicken tetrazzini. Okay, yeah, we we made that. And 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 she always made it in a big casserole dish mm -hmm. like this. And it had it was the only thing that had. She used the, the little peas, the little sweet peas. We call okay. them. Okay. Mm -hmm. sweet peas. So this is. Uh, I have. Uh, I was not expecting. It kind of caught me. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. I haven't seen the dish. Yeah. Now, Anna, may, we have had chicken tetrazzini here already as a dinner special. It, we do it a little different. We have we put roasted red peppers in there and um, onion. I don't know if she puts mushrooms in it. So it's a little different. It's not, uh, it's not with the peas, but it's basically the same, same concept, you know, just a little. So why the peas? Just said sweet peas, you know. I never. Yeah. Why are you putting peas in her stuff? Well, I mean, you know, you gotta gotta have a little healthy. I mean, the Alfredo, <laughs> you have to take an extra um, Lipitor or something for that. Al <laughs> that Alfredo's got yeah. plenty Slip of in the vegetables. Yeah, Slip plenty of butter, plenty of butter, cheese. I remember she had a little. Milk. There was a little tiny can of lasur peas. Mm -hmm. it was like a little tiny. You guys remember the that? baby? Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they were the sweet. They were the small, small petite peas. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we use in there, the petite, you know, because they're they're a little, they're not quite as chewy or tough, you know, like the regular peas you get at, you know, the grocery store. You know. That is a uh, that's a neat part of it. That, that again, and the reason I brought it was just that it is the the storyline I think that runs through so many of our lives is connected to some food, yeah. our history, our future, our friends. Everything. I, I oftentimes, I send this to Doug oftentimes when we talk about meeting, which we do fairly regularly, and, and either in my town, you know, in Charleston or up here or wherever we are. But we always try to arrange it so it's an eat me. <laughs> so, you know, so See, sure, is, you know, sure. So Some of the best decisions around have been made over a nice meal or a sandwich or a cup of coffee, and it's just tied together. Funny, and see, all the years of you looking through there, probably out here, what, what do you see? When you see people eating dinner together, what do you see in there? And just the, the, the spirit of the meal, what do you see in that? Well, I see, you see the... Yeah, you've seen like how many like people... Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen the... 
you know, the discussions. Like I told you earlier, when I was growing up, we had, that's where we, we kind of got the news of the day at the t dinner table. And I'm sure you guys are the same way when, you know, our generation, that's what we do. And so now people, Stefano's always seems to be a place that people want to come and celebrate. Birthdays, uh, you know, it, you wouldn't believe how many people have gotten engaged here. We have had people get, we've had men come on, get on their, on their knee and propose to their fiance or their wife to be right here at the at, at Stefano's. So, it's a place where, you know, we always say, love is in the food. We love to cook. We love to make our customers happy. You know, we take a personal personal interest in all our customers. All our all our customers here are family to us. You know, uh, and I always said that when you know, if I have family coming from Pennsylvania, okay, this is an example. And I don't when we're preparing they're they're on ninety five coming down here, they're gonna be here in an hour. We're not preparing anything different for them. They eat what my my family eats what my customers eat. There's nothing different. You know? So they come down here and they just you know, because we put the love in it and we make the quality is there. And if it's not good for my family, it's not good for my customers. That's the way I look at it. And that's how this was built, this in this restaurant was built. You know, I always say it was built one brick at a time. And it, the foundation's strong now, but back back in the day, it was... Concrete you know, still setting up. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were a, a heavy wind and we might have got blown over, you know what I'm saying? So so now now it's what it is. You know, we, you know, my wife is out here every weekend at night. She visits with the customers at the table just to see how they're doing. We know, you know, we've... It's crazy, but we have people. We have people that come in here with their young families that they were coming in with their parents 25 years ago, and now the children are parents, and they're coming in with their children. So that's the tradition of this restaurant. You know, it's what it is. You know, so we take pride in that, man. I mean, you know. It, it hurts. It hurts my wife more than me if someone gives us a bad review, okay? Because she puts her heart and soul and, and everything she got into this place, you know. And so, you know, hey, we're not perfect. We make mistakes, but we're going to make it right, you know. But for her, you know, it bothers her a little bit. Does it? Because, it, you know, it's like, you know... It's like when you get, like when somebody says, oh, your son's a bad kid. No, that bothers you because that's yours, okay? Stefano's is ours. This is our baby. This is our, our <laughs> big fig now, you know, 60 people that work for me, you know? Started with nobody. Started with me taking out the trash. And you know what? I'll still take the trash out today. Ain't nobody telling me that. I'm gonna, they're gonna hold me prisoner. If I gotta get back on the grill and make cheesesteaks like I did 20 years ago, I'll do it. If I gotta get on, before you guys came in, I threw about six or seven pizzas in the oven because we were, we had a bunch of catering. 
and we got a lady came in from McCall Farms and wanted some pizzas. Mm -hmm. So I told Chris, I said, don't worry about it, I got it. You know, so I'm, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. Like I did 30 years ago. And I still do it. Still I I, absolutely. If I didn't love it, I wouldn't be doing it. Okay? You know, you, you got to love what you do for a living, you know, and that's because you're going to do it to 110%. Okay? So you know somebody that is doing something they don't love. They need to find something that that makes them want to get up in the morning and pull up their pants and go to work. Find something you love. Something. Don't do it just for a paycheck. You know, most most of the people that I have working back here put their you know put their heart into what they're doing. Okay, they take pride in that setting that dish out here. You know, they're not just throwing it on a plate and sending it out. You know. You know, we've had guys in here like that, but, you know, they didn't last long. Yeah. You know, so. I guess kind of the, the community, the community, part of it, stopped that pretty quick. Oh, yeah. So something I noticed is that um, I've been in places where we have been served, sitting with owners, sitting with, uh, and, and, and see that the, the product looks amazing. It's just coming to you, Steve. I mean, come on. Pops here, you're here. Mm. We're sitting at your table, uh, but I've noticed here, having eaten here without sitting with you, that um, it, it all looks like it's always the same. Consistency. Do you notice that? Do you notice that? Yeah, you is that part of your consistent. deal? Is that part yeah, of exactly. You have got to be consistent. Okay, you've got to have got to have it made this way today, this way tomorrow, and this way next year. You know, because that's what people, the customers want, you know. I got people that move away and go back up to Ohio or wherever, and then they come back and visit friends that they had in the neighborhood they live, and they come in and tell me, Steve, man, this was just as good as it was 15 years ago. What do you do? You know what I do? I'm here, and I'm back there. And we check the product. We check. I go. I do my walkthrough in the morning. We check the the line. We check. Make sure that the sauce is right and this is right. You know. And but, you know, I have people working here 15 years. That's how you get consistent. I can see that. You know. I got. I had a lady just. Well, no. There's a girl. Lisa's. Lisa's back there. She's just turned 40. She started here when she was 15. Nice. Okay? She she also married my nephew about 10 years ago. But she was here at 15 years old as a dishwasher. Now she's the one that makes this food. Okay? She's studying to be a nurse. She probably another year she'll be good. moving on, which is good for her. I want her to be. But she that's she's like our daughter, man. I mean, you know, she is part of the she's part of the family by marriage, but before that, she was like our daughter. You know, she came up she came up in a rough life. You know, her family life was not what you, you know wasn't what you want to see. And my wife kind of was her mentor, she kind of adopted her. You know, and she's part of the family now. It's a funny thing. I told my nephew, I said, you. 
I said, you're getting married to her. I said, you do her wrong. You're going to come. You know, I'm talking to my nephew, my brother, so you do her wrong, me and you are going to have problems. That's how, you know, so I was like kind of like her father in a way. She's been here. She's been here a while. I guess it's hard to create a family atmosphere and not have a family result. Do you think? Exactly. 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 I mean, we talk about a big thing people see me here, you know, we hear this about being a professional family, about being family, about the culture. Yeah, the, yeah, place. no, but so you, you can say it, to... but you got to do it. You got to, you got to act on it. You know, you can say like a lot of these, uh, these corporate, these industries say, "Hey, our culture here is family and this and that," but that's where it stops. Okay, we are there when some of our people lost a loved one. We're there when some, when a child is born. My wife is there with that. You know what I mean? Baby showers, bridal showers. I mean, it, you know, we have a party at my house on in the summer. I got all my. It's open to anybody that works for me. You know, we have a barbecue. I got a pool. We, you know, we have a good time because family's where it started with us. You know, it literally, literally, exactly. You heard. You got the story there. You know it. You've heard it. Started from when my mother felt bad for him. <laughs> back way back when he felt coming into the going to see mom. Remember that? Remember when you went to see mom and you knocked on the door? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he had a what kind of he thought he was Mr. Cool. He had one of those he had an MG, MG uh, British oh, yeah. sports car. He had his little hat, like the little British hat, and he went knocking on the door, and my mom was like, oh, boy, I hit the mother load. But she made believe so like she was, you know, she was playing hard to get. You know, an Italian, an Italian family, you know, you, it's not like, even nowadays, it's a lot more liberal when it comes to dating and all that. You know, he wasn't, my mother didn't go out with him for a while. He was going to the house, and, basically dating my my grandmother instead of my mom. <laughs> so, you know, and it, I had to do the same thing with my wife. You know, my wife's family, my mother-in-law was tough, boy. You know, we had to, I had to court court my mother-in-law along with Anna, you know. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like The Godfather. I don't know if you've seen The Godfather, but when... Uh, Just the funny parts. <laughs> when Michael Corleone went to Sicily and he started courting Apollonia, his, it was an Italian, a Sicilian girl that he's seen in the village. And uh, he, his bodyguards at the time, he asked about it. And they were at a, a little cafe bar tavern place, and there was an old man sitting there that owned the bar, mm -hmm. the restaurant. And he said, and uh, the bodyguard says to the old man, he says, uh, he, he pointed to that that young girl there in, in the restaurant. He says, my boss would like to meet. What? And he got upset because that was his daughter. He said, what do you want to do? With, what, what are you doing? You know, so. That's how, man, that's how it is. It's uh, in fam Italian families, you know, just like, you, just like I said earlier, family's everything. 
you know, and. Uh, well, I can see how the culture. Oh, oh, outcome. Yeah, and it's all around food. It's all around the bread. The bread. The bread. The bread of life. The bread of life. And one Breaking thing I learned bread. today: don't turn the bread don't upside down. Don't turn the bread down. upside down. You got to keep it right. I am anxious to. I, I had a. I have. I said I had. I have a friend that's a, kind of like a food historian guy, so I'm hoping he'll like jump he, on that. Yeah, you might. You might. I'll have to send him a message later. He doesn't, yeah, you know, and and you know, and I used used to tell him back when you know I was 15, 16. What's the big deal? What's the big? Deal? Jesus broke the bread at the Last Supper. That bread's going to stay upright. It's not going upside down. There are so many rituals, and not I mean rituals, not that, but, you know, there's so many rituals and themes that run through families, just like uh, those of us who are around the food business really see it more. But we have the opportunity sometimes to point it out. Out yeah, I think I think it's ingrained in you, um, in your DNA, in my DNA. My, my, you know, Italians celebrate with food, and we ended up opening a restaurant. My dad had some baker. You know, my sons, both of my sons are college educated. Okay, college educated. And Stephen had has a master's degree in business and. They came back into the restaurant industry. Didn't want. My son said, "I didn't want to look at a computer anymore, Dad." So I said, "Well, I got an opportunity to buy this restaurant across town. Are you interested?" Yep. So he's still running it. So the three, five years ago. I think. So these are. So you have two sons. Right. Okay. So Shibo. Right. Is that Shibo by Stefano? Stefano. Right. And then what was the other one? Pizza Mio. Pizza Mio, which is the, the, uh, my pizza, right? Right. And so to eat, is, is the food kind of, I say consistent? Is oh, yeah. It, is it, is it the recipes are the same. But just a different portion? Did you right. cut out a portion right. of the business or the pizza? Chibo is, Chibo's set up kind of like a fast casual, kind of a, like a Panera bread setup. You know, you no, don't have to. You pick your, pick no, that's Pizza Mio. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Chibo, we'd have uh, a lunch bar. We put calzones on the bar. We put slices of pizza, and they always have a hot, hot dish ready to go. So if you're on a 30-minute lunch break, you can go in there and get. Sometimes they'll run the tortellini like you guys have for lunch, you know, and it'll be ready to go. Boom, you're in and out in 30 minutes. Yeah, so it's kind of different. It's different. I would say this is the more formal, full-service restaurant. We have a full-service bar, great wine list. You know, we have a lot of Italian wines, some nice Californias. Yeah. So. On a on a business thought, talk about consistency and change. And all of this may not be all threaded in like a long straight line. This, you know, there, there might be different parts that will be able to pull together. And I'm not talking over myself here. So with consistency, how do you how do you deal with that as a restaurateur? How do you deal with supply chain issues? How do you deal with when you can't get your clams or you can't get the you say, hey, how about this heavy well, cream? How do you deal with that? We usually they'll have they'll have something to replace it. Okay. 
but if there's something that I can't get, we just won't make it until I okay, can so get that's it. What, okay. that's yeah, what yeah. So, so you, you know, so like, you, like the quality of our pasta, for example. Okay. You know, all our pasta is a premium pasta. You know, and if if there's a certain item I can't get, you know, we won't we won't make it or. You know, we it's a lot of the items we we make ourselves. You know, is that to help control that? To help control the consistency of the product. Sort of sure. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have my, because uh, we we talk and I know that we've had this conversation about speed scratch and about having items that are further processed because they're made from scratch. At, you know, like a, you know a pasta company that actually makes like dried pasta that, you know, from Italy, right. like right. Or yeah. Guys, sure. Sure. That that it's it's no different. If you dried it here oh yourself. yeah yeah no I, we use a we use a premium pasta sure, you know um, Devello is Devello's like to check you know it's Italian it comes from Italy you know we use that and you know we we're real picky when it comes oh, yeah, to our I'm, product yeah. you know and you know funny story we had a we had a, uh, a salesman come in I don't know if you remember Chuck Jones oh yeah I remember Chuck very well you know, you you laugh too. You heard of Chuck? Don't you remember Chuck Jones? Everybody knows Chuck. Okay. Well, anyway, Chuck was the first salesman I met. We weren't even open. We were about a week from being open. I was in here, you know, doing stuff. Chuck come in with his, gave me his PYA monarch card, and he I came in. PYA. Yeah. <laughs> Long time ago. Yeah, and he came in. and He had a can of Monarca already made spaghetti sauce. And he put it on the counter, and he said, "Hey, I'm Chuck Jones. Um, you know, we like to do business. We have a nice Italian line. This Monarca, Monarca spaghetti sauce, already made, seasoned. You just have to heat it up." I was like, "Whoa!" I said, "Chuck, <laughs> no offense." I said, "But I pushed the pushed the can back to him on the other side of the counter. I said, "You can take that back." Oh well. One of the one of the Italian restaurants, and I'm not going to say the name of it. Right. Well, they're they're not here anymore yeah. anyway. But oh, they use this product. I was like, I said, we got a different, we got a different philosophy when it comes to spaghetti sauce, to, uh, Chuck. I said, uh, no offense, but you could take that back with you. We're not going to use it. You know? So that that goes back to, to already prepared stuff. You know, you know, if you go into uh, one of the one of the rest uh, franchises that make that, that they're not really Italian, but they have calamari on the menu. You know that sauce that they're serving is already prepared, canned. You know, there's nothing about it. You know, you get our sauce, you can eat it with a spoon. You don't even need pasta or bread. Our marinara is like slamming. I think we had. Did we? Uh, did last time we ate. You might have had it on the side with your cheese. Did you get a cheesesteak? Yeah, I made you. Yeah. Yeah, our marinara. You yeah, know, we, we stuffed them cheesesteak. Last time we ate, like, drinking like 10 we make steaks. We make 80 quarts of sauce every day. 80 quarts. Two big pots, about that tall. Every day. Sometimes three times. If we're real busy and we'll have to make two batches real quick and then boom throw another batch together because we got to get caught up like this week was our catering week we, got, we fed all of uh, McLeod's lab Carolina's lab all the 
it's lab week, so one of the lab corps was bought them lunch. And we saw, we must, man, yesterday we served uh, 120 people lasagna in three different locations. So, it's all homemade, man. All homemade. I have, uh, this is probably one of the hardest conversations I've had to have wishing I was eating. I'm trying to eat. I'm trying to you want some wine? Good. You want some wine? You want some? Oh, no, you want some? Good. You, you good? I mean, you know. Unless we have anything from you know, like Montepulciano. I got some Italian reds over there. Are you talking? About, are you talking about? What are you talking about? Hey, hey, what are you talking about? So thinking out loud, um, I am quite certain that, as we've known each other, and that we will have an opportunity to continue with some of that. Yeah, we can get my wife back, and I'll sit and listen, and she can do all the talking. We'll see how she, she'll, once she gets talking, she'll, she'll start talking. That's what she is. Hey, so where did you and your husband, where did you and your husband meet? And she'll tell you. I was feeling really sorry for him because he had no friends. I hope she says that. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. It was so, uh, a, just as a, a parting thought on this one, as as we have moved through the last couple of years of craziness, somebody wants to be in the restaurant business. What, what do you think you're gonna tell them? You're gonna tell them uh, go for it and suck it up and embrace the. I'll tell you what. What do you think? If if they have a restaurant background. And I know the person as a hard worker and willing to do whatever it takes, dedication, yeah. But if it's a guy that's inherited a bunch of money from Uncle Joe and he wants to get in the restaurant business, dude. So it's an easy Throw it in the garbage can. Throw the money in the garbage can because you ain't going to make it. You might be able to cook a good steak in your backyard grill, but when it comes to serving people, and, and making a product consistently, nah, I wouldn't do it. I would find something else and invest your money in. That's what I tell them. I swear to God, that's what I tell them because this business is tough, man, yeah. real tough, okay? You know, it took a lot to get to the mountaintop. Now we're here, and it's like when we have our staff meetings, I always tell them, I feel like in Florence, our restaurant has the best staff in Florence. I look, I feel like that, and I tell them that. And I tell them, look, we are up here. Now we got to work on staying up here, okay? Can't rest on our laurels and think, oh, we made it, we're good. I'm going to go to Myrtle Beach and go play golf all weekend. And, you know, if Doug wants to find me on a Friday night, he knows where to find me. Right, right here. So, if, so if my at buddy home. at the table, <laughs> at home, exactly. At home. If my buddy wants to open a restaurant, I tell him, look, man, don't do it. Don't do it. Unless he's a restaurant guy, you know. If he's a restaurant guy, he knows what it takes. You can't, you know, you can't own a restaurant and sit at the bar and drink all night and expect the restaurant to flow the way it's supposed to. Steven has been. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. That is a good. I enjoyed it. Wait till you get my bill, man. I, I am expecting it. <laughs> I'm going to trade it for pasta. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> trade for pasta.
much. Thank you for Tom, appreciate you coming all the way. This is always a lot of fun. And I'll tell you just in front of us that I appreciate you introducing me to, to Steve. And it was, uh, I think it's a good, I'm glad we were able to do this. Yeah, I enjoyed and, it. Um, you know, we'll, and we'll I wish my wife was here. She would have had yeah. a good time, but she had already pre commitment. You know. That is, you know, that's part of the, the business. And, uh, so what we'll do is I'm going to go ahead and stop now.